Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host Ted Odorico and we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to start things off here in just a, a moment or two of course with another great round of Coach's Corner. Uh, this is the second Coach's Corner of 2017 and very excited. We've got a, a fantastic super panel uh, of, of gentlemen on here and I'm going to introduce them here in just a second but let me remind everybody um, that we are live on Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Central or 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern for those of you on the East Coast. And I believe that's four to six uh, for those of you on, under Pacific time. But uh, welcome to the show. The best way to find us is to go to uh, www.blogtalkradio.com and up in the search key type Golf Talk Live, and that will take you to the main page. And of course, during the live broadcast, it'll be right there front and center. Uh, but for some reason, if you're not able to join us, not to worry, just go to that link, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Golf Talk Live, and you can scroll down to the on-demand section and listen to the recorded version uh, when it's convenient for you. But uh, as always, uh, we're glad for those of you that are able to tune in live, uh, especially enjoy that. And uh, if you want any time during any of the broadcasts, uh, during the live broadcast, you're welcome to call into the show. The number is area code 646-716-4667. Or you can reach out to me personally at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And, of course, I update uh, every week on social media, uh, particularly on Facebook and Twitter. So if you go to facebook.com, type in Golf Talk Live blog. That's the page for uh, the show. You'll see the updates of who's going to be on the show that particular week and so forth. And you can also go to uh, Twitter and find out uh, all the good stuff about the show as well. And my Twitter handle is Ted and Buck CEO. CEO, of course, is in capital letters. Uh, as I mentioned, I've got a great Coach's Corner panel tonight. i got kind of a special Coach's Corner tonight, and I'll tell you about that in just a second. Uh, and then a little bit later in the show, after the panel, uh, my very special guest, Anthony Neto, is going to be on. He's the founder of the Stand Up and Play Foundation and Kid Swing International. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, when the show uh, uh, progresses into that second half. But thank you for joining me tonight, as I said. And let me bring on the panel. Uh, first up, of course, he's been on the panel many, many times. He comes on uh, several times throughout the year. My good friend, Mr. John Hughes. Uh, he's a PGA Master Professional, uh, Vice President of the North Florida PGA Section. And he was the uh, recipient of the uh, of PGA of America's Horton Smith Award in 2013, and also a uh, Golf Tips Magazine Top 30 instructor. Uh, Peter Agazarian, of course, is joining on the panel. He's been on before as well. He's a Class A PGA member and teach professional at the Taconic uh, Golf Club in Williamstown. And rounding up uh, the general panel tonight is my good friend also, Mr. Tom Patry. Uh, he's uh, considered to be one of uh, Golf Magazine's top 100 teachers in America and has been a leading voice in golf instruction for over 30 years. So lots of great uh, experience on the panel tonight. And then rounding out, last but not least, uh, on the panel is a special guest panelist tonight is Brett Cohen. He's a golf fitness instructor and fitness over 50 authority, uh, the founder of New York Golf Fitness Guru. 
Uh, Brett has been involved in the fitness industry for over 17 years and brings lots of experience. And we're going to talk about, which I'll let uh, Brett tell you what we're going to have on the discussion tonight in Coach's Corner. So without further ado, let me bring on the panel, uh, Tom, John, Peter, and Brett. Welcome to Coach's Corner and Golf Talk Live. Thanks, guys. Nice to be here. Happy Ted. New Year, Ted. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year, all of you. That's right. I mean, I know it's well well into 2017, but uh, that's right. I, I forgot to say that off, pan, off air. Um, guys, like I said, we've got a special uh, discussion tonight. We're, we're getting ready for a new season for, for some of you out there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just temporarily, I'm going to turn it over to you, Brett, and I know you've got some opening remarks uh, about the discussion tonight and sort of lead us into our discussion. Sure. Thanks, Ted. Uh, and it's great to be back on the show. First time this year. I'm honored to be on with uh, such distinguished professionals such as Tom and John and Peter. I know these guys are experts at what they do, teaching golf and coaching golfers. So just to be clear to the listening audience, I do not teach golf. That is the sole domain of the golf pro, the, the other guests you have on the show tonight. Um, as a golf fitness instructor, I simply assess how a golfer's body works and then how that relates to their golf swing. Then I create an exercise program that will help them move better so they have the physical potential to play golf better. They still need golf instruction. Uh, so what I'm here tonight to talk about is how what I do fits into what the golf pros on the show do and how the two together can benefit their students, their business, and the golf industry as a whole. Perfect. Um, Let's talk about, uh, and I know when we spoke, you and I spoke last night, there's sort of a, uh, much like there is for the golf professionals out there, um, there's sort of a pre-screening process, if you will, um, to sort of get the ball rolling, especially with new students. So why don't you talk about that, uh, Brett, real briefly, and then we'll bring the guys in uh, to jump in for some discussion on that, uh, about getting from the fitness side of things. What are some of the things that you do when you first uh, get uh, new students coming in? Yeah, so from the fitness side, um, and this is something I want to ask your panelists, if they have a fitness component to their initial assessment of a new student, um, the fitness side is to do what I call a fitness checkup. Uh, Dr. Greg Rose, one of the founders of the Titleist Performance Institute, says, and this is a quote, uh, if you could give just one piece of advice to golfers of all levels, it's to be physically assessed by a competent professional, a well-trained professional can identify key areas of weakness or imbalance and develop a highly effective exercise or rehabilitation program. It's no guarantee that you remain injury free as the golf swing puts in incredible forces on the body, but it puts the odds in your favor. So the main reason to do that physical assessment or to do that fitness checkup is to identify whether or not that player has uh, risk of injury or what their injury risk potential is. So in order to reduce their risk of injury from play. Right. And, and as I mentioned, the, from the instructional side, we all, of course, when we're, especially when we're working with new students, um, we want to do an, our own assessment. So, John, talk about a little bit. First off, um, to sort of answer his question, uh, we'll go with John and then Peter and then Tom. Uh, John, do you incorporate some sort of a fitness or do you work with a fitness uh, instructor at all with, with, with what you're doing? Um, and, and if not... Um, also talk about uh, what sort of a screening process you do uh, for new golfers coming in to get them ready to assess um, what it is that you're going to help them with. Uh, again, thanks, Ted, Tom, uh, Brett, Peter, honored to be with you tonight. The answer to that, Ted, is yes to all. But what I've found over the years, unless somebody's really 
committed to the game in more ways than one and looking to be competitive, the fitness component, whether it's to get someone fit or to prevent injuries, gotta it's gotta be done with some kit gloves verbally and and physically, at least the clientele that I deal with. You just people are wanting a quick fix and don't necessarily put two and two together. So I will see certain things in swings based on the training that I've had through the fitness professionals that I work with. And we'll come up with some ideas as to uh, what restrictions may be there or may not be there. I'm always asking about impairments, injuries, other things that may inhibit somebody from making certain movements. But to, to give you an example, if I know someone's having a hard time turning, uh, turning the hips. They have, they may have glute problems or hamstring problems. One of the simplest things I do is ask someone to put their legs together, lock the knees, and try to bend over and touch your toes. And that very simple uh, exercise can tell me what kind of physical strength their lower bodies have, what kind of stability they have, what kind of flexibility they have. There's other smaller things that I'll do along that line. And what I try to do is customize it, again, to the individual. When I've got somebody who's super committed, then, yeah, I'm referring them to a fitness professional like Brett, and I work with several around the country based on where my clientele are. Right. Um, Peter, let me ask you the same uh, for the same question to you. First off, do you uh, sort of incorporate uh, either through your own uh, efforts or as, as John just uh, eloquently pointed out that he has somebody that he's working with uh, or a number of people he's working with on the fitness side of things. Um, do you do mm-hmm. sort of your own assessment with, uh, with some of the golfers that you're working with uh, or, or what do you do? And, and then also about getting um, them ready for the season. What do you do, um, especially for new golfers? Uh, what sort of assessment do you do? I, yes to all, I would say. Uh, it depends on the context of the relationship, but I, all of my long-term coaching people, I do a lot of that during the season and actually in the off-season as well. Um, go and see my fitness professional first. Um, we do an on-course assessment. I get a good idea of what their, where their game is. I do ask about and do a lot of – I ask a lot of questions, never mind just about their body, but – uh, and then they go see my fitness professional, who is a, a Gray Institute um, speaker on a regular basis and a, and a NG360 person. Um, and then she gets back to me and gives me a full report. Uh, and then we move forward. We put together a nice plan for them. And uh, they have the option to see her again if they choose to. Uh, we have a great right. relationship. Um, it's worked out very, very well. Uh, this coming year, she will be at – our supervised practice program, which is on Saturdays for two hours, uh, once a month as a resource, and primarily just to put that component out there as much as possible, uh, I would say, with her schedule. Um, I do that as well right. here in Williamstown, and I have an indoor facility where I collaborate with a larger uh, PT firm in northern Connecticut. So. Um, I would say Fantastic. heavily involved and the the desire for me to know their cause and effect is the biggest thing. Yeah. Right. Well said. I see a lot um, of people that I see a lot of people that just want, especially in my academic environment, uh, being on a college campus, 
any of the people that may be um, associated with the college, students, or actually in the summer we see an influx of seasonal people that are very wellness conscious and are more so there um, doing programs with me and as well as our fitness professional to just enhance their quality of life as well as playing well and having more fun. Right. Uh, yeah, that, I agree 100%. Um, Tom, I, I know that you work with a variety of, of different uh, level of players from the beginner up to um, some of the seasoned uh, professionals out there. Um, do you coordinate or work with a, a fitness um, uh, instructor of any kind in, in your uh, uh, wheelhouse? And also, what do you look for, when new, particularly when new students come in, but also your, your regular students that come back uh, each season? Uh, is there anything specific that you look for from the physical s- standpoint to ensure that they're going to be successful uh, out in the golf course? Yeah, sure, Ted. Actually, um, in both, my first of all, Ted, thanks for having us on, and thanks for having me on with such a, a great group of professionals. And, Brett, it's it's great to meet you as well. Um, in both my southern location, Ted, and my two northern locations, um, I have access to and use quite frequently a, a level three TPI person to do evaluations. Um, just like Brett was so clear that he didn't teach golf, I don't teach fitness, and I don't think I'm right. versed enough. Although my background is has provided me information, I feel like turning those people over to a real expert is important. So mm-hmm. obviously when I see deficiencies or during the interview process, I ask about prior injury or illness or, or deficiencies of any kind, um, I recommend that these people go and get assessed for sure uh, in all those locations. Um, it, it's so true. You, you, know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Some people are willing to participate, some aren't. The ones that are not, yeah. <laughs> the ones that, the ones that are not willing to participate, I make it very, very clear to them that that I have a wall that I can take them to. And then when we get to that wall, right. I probably can't take them any further. I want to be very clear to them that there there is. There, there is a constraint, a constrainment that if they're not going to participate in some kind of program to make themselves either more fit, more flexible, more stable, more balanced, or stronger, or any combination of those two, those things, that I can only take them so far. I'm, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in TPI. I'm, a, I'm a big believer in, in, in the flexibility and balance aspect. And I don't think, um, I think like John said, enough people really understand how serious it is or how serious it may be to make for them to improve fit on that side of the block, if you will, and, and get fit. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Um, and, and let me just, let me just say, I couldn't have, I, I couldn't have assembled a better panel uh, for this topic <laughs> tonight than, than all of you guys. Uh, great answers. It sounds guys. like it. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. And, and I, I do realize um, obviously, and as Brett uh, alluded to in the beginning, um, obviously you guys are, on the instructional side, but what, what impressed me, I think, the most is um, the very beginning answer uh, of your answers tonight was that you recognize generally um, how important the fitness component is. And obviously, as John pointed out, and, and, um, and Peter and, and Tom, um, that not everybody is a willing participant. So, so, Brett, I just want you to very just sort of, uh, again, in, in, in layman terms, if you will, uh, explain the importance of what these guys just said why it's important um, for the students out there. Let's talk about the students for a second. Why it's important for them to, uh, you know, incorporate some sort of fitness routine, and we can do that maybe uh, about a pre a pregame warm up routine. That's and why it's important to do that. But um, 
Yeah. But why – some of the misconceptions, I guess, is a better way to put it because a lot of people, as John alluded to, they, you know, they're hearing fitness and they're, oh, Lord, i got to go into this big re- uh, you know, routine. Explain to them what um, the difference between a regular sort of workout routine and golf fitness. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and it's something I get asked quite a bit when I introduce myself as a golf fitness instructor to a layperson who has no idea what fitness is or what golf is. So uh, first let me draw the distinction between what the average person is thinking of fitness is typically based on uh, having a well-defined body, big muscles, a lean body, or maybe even someone that has a, a large aerobic capacity. So they'll say a marathon runner or uh a cyclist may be fit, but those are narrow and very incomplete definitions of what fitness means, and it certainly does not necessarily apply to being fit for golf. So the ultimate goal of golf fitness is to make you a better golfer. Uh, it's not necessarily the pursuit of a better-looking body, but the pursuit of a better-functioning body. It's having the physical ability to be able to get into the position to deliver a powerful and consistent golf swing with the minimal risk of injury. And uh, as your other guests alluded to, it it typically takes uh, more flexibility, mobility, and stability than the average amateur comes in with for lessons. Uh, those, those are the like, qualities they they're lacking. Go go ahead. I think somebody wanted to ask a question. Sure. No, I just said I just said Amen, Ted. I, this is Tom. I just no. thought you know Brett, Brett's Brett's comments they were right on, and uh, I just think that. You know, people don't realize what it really takes to make a, a functional golf swing. Um, you know, they, I think the layman out there doesn't understand the the risk of injury. First of all, as Brett has alluded to several times, and then the 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 amount of core strength, the amount of stability needed to deliver a compressed golf shot. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this is a very valuable conversation. Right. Let me ask you, and let me just jump in here real quick, um, Brett, and then I want you to, to sort of lay out, if you will, um, and, and I know that these guys have, are, are seasoned enough, they've been around the game enough, they know um, from their own uh, aspects what, what some good warm-up routines are and that that are going to help, but I want you to sort of lay the groundwork. But I want to go uh, Peter, Tom, and then John. I want to ask you this question. Um, what are some of the areas that you have noticed? Again, I know we're not fitness experts, but what are some of the areas that you've personally seen that that people are struggling with is it is it you know uh, uh, their stability um is it uh, upper or core strength or what areas have you noticed peter oh, i'm not sure peter still peter are you still with us <laughs> i don't hear peter sorry, i accidentally muted i i muted myself i'm sorry <laughs> oh okay i'm i'm sorry not a problem sorry, all right I, let me i, I don't um, did you hear my question or do i need to repeat it no i did i say w- really what it depends is really looking at our sedentary lifestyle i see a lot of lower chain stuff mm-hmm. uh, where people have a really hard time bound interacting with the ground in an efficient way and the ability to push off and and utilize the ground to help control low point or do various things in the, the swing we're trying to do. Um, and I see a, just a ton of really tight hip flexors and early extension that really leads to really poor quality of contact. Yeah, I, I agree with Peter. That's that's the main struggle that the average amateur has. Uh, the sedentary lifestyle is 
ruining the body. It's, that's not going to go away anytime soon. And uh, those tight hip flexors will uh, cause the glutes to become weak and immobile. Now that's going to limit their ability to make good ground contact to, to initiate the swing from the lower body uh, to keep those hips from early extending or moving towards the target line just a little too early. To- totally John, what about agree, you? and I'll, I'll, I'll add the hamstrings yep. into that. I mean, each mm-hmm. tight hip flexors, uh, poor glute engagement, and then with no hamstring strength or, or flexibility, it's hard to maintain balance and posture with, with the yeah. combination. It's a deadly combination when it comes so to add, the average uh, amateur. Something for you guys right. to be thinking about and, and looking at, when we talk about hamstring flexibility, the reason why a lot of people present with tight hamstrings is because of the other two things we just mentioned. The hip flexors will shut off the glutes. The glutes and the hamstrings work together as a team to extend or straighten the hip. So if someone presents with tight hamstrings, it's just a symptom of those other two dysfunctions. So I have to, when I'm trying to make a golfer move better, I have to address all of those issues it's not just stretching the hamstrings because that doesn't solve our problem. It's actually get the hip flexors to loosen up so I can activate the glutes, which will downregulate the hamstrings. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me ask you, um, Tom, before I, I bring Tom in here um, to, to add some comments as well. Uh, explain, if you will, Brett, to the, the golfers out there. Uh, I'm going to give you an example. Maybe you can explain. Um, I, mean, I know you can't see the golfer, so that you're, you're going to go from, yeah. from your experience, but... Um, something that I've seen, and I'm sure all the guys have, have seen over the years, is uh, particularly golfers coming out of posture. I'll give you an example. I was working with somebody here. Uh, in fact, I'm still working with him. But one of the issues that he had very, very early on uh, is in his backswing, uh, first off, he would overextend and it would actually come out of posture. And then as he was coming in the downswing, uh, he would you know, drop down in his, in his swing to, in order to get back down to the ball. Um, what traditionally causes that type of uh, uh, movement? Is it a lack of, lack of flexibility in the hamstrings uh, or, or what areas? Because um, that, that's a common thing, I think, people coming in and out of posture. And is that just because of poor flexibility or, or what are some, traditionally some of the causes, Brett? Yeah, so uh, the term flexibility and mobility we're going to put together because they are related to each other. Uh, when we talk about mobility, it's really referring to a joint or, or a segment or a series of joints. So what causes someone to come out of posture uh, invariably is going to be a lack of hip mobility, flexibility, and thoracic spine mobility. So thoracic spine, for those who don't know, is part of your spine where your rib cage lives. Uh, and okay. if you go back to the sedentary lifestyle, that's one of the side effects of being in a chair all day long. So the vast majority of golfers I work with are sitting eight to 10 hours a day and they'd be doing so for decades. Uh, and that changes the way the body moves. So they're lacking hip mobility and thoracic spine mobility. It makes it impossible to rotate the shoulder girdle and the spine over a fixed hip, which is what's required to get into the backswing. And that causes them to either sway, to stand up too early create a flat mm-hmm. shoulder plane, any one of those postural aberrations can result from poor hip and thoracic spine mobility. Right. Um, Tom, let me ask you, uh, thank you for that. Uh, Tom, let me ask you, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, I know that you deal with a, a wide spectrum, uh, young, old, uh, 
professional, uh, amateur uh, golfers and that. Um, what do you do in a case where, as John pointed out earlier, that, you know, some people just, they don't want to get on the fitness train. They don't, you know, under, either have time or they don't. Um, how do you, as a golf professional, do you try to work around with what you've got? In other words, you're, you're, you've got a lump of clay in front of you. You've got a mold that you know the person's not overly fit, um, but you've got to work, you know, as you said, you, you take them to that wall. But what can you do to, to, to help some of these golfers uh, to get the best out of their game when, when you're faced with that scenario? You know, Ted, the proverbial word there was lump. Um, so I, 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 have a, I, have a, I have a gentleman that comes to me, and he, and he calls the Grand Slam of Golf in Florida. And, and John will relate to this, and Ted, you being in Florida, you'll relate to this too. He calls the Grand Slam of Golf, golf, lunch, and a nap. You know, so when you deal with the recreational player in Florida, and a lot of our clients, I'm sure, John, the same for you and Ted for you, a lot yeah. of our clients are 55, 55 and older. Um, to motivate them to change their lifestyle is is a is a daunting task, and, and I, mm-hmm. I make it very clear to them: everybody wants to buy a golf game. They're going to pay for a lesson. They're going to buy a five hundred dollar driver, and and right. it's all going to work out. Well, we, we we all know how untrue that is. So right. I, right. I, I have I have a tremendous luxury, and and I I think that you either love Tom Patrick or you hate him because of the following: Tom Patrick will say to you guess what? If you're not going to participate in this segment of your improvement as in, as AKA fitness, then I cannot help you. And I don't want your check because I feel like if right. I take that check, uh, if I take that check guys, I'm actually stealing. I'm not earning because I'm not mm-hmm. being really honest. The, you know, it's so, yeah. it's so, it's so refreshing a panel like this to have these professionals on board that really get it today and understand the human body and how it functions or doesn't function and how they can mm-hmm. provide information to the person who really cares to improve because without the breadth of the world, really, I, I'm really useless. I'm really, I, I really feel that way that I'm really useless. My information is useless without having a bread on my team. You know, this is not going to work out for this person. It's just not going to work. Whether it's the, the flexibility or mobility or stability of a male or the, it's the lack of strength, and the lack of the ability, for, for example, for a female to use the ground properly, you know, it's, my, my message is not going to work. It's going to fall on deaf ears. So I think we have a real responsibility as golf professionals, as PGA members, to really educate the person who comes to our tee that, listen, folks, you need to get involved with this segment of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that's, I, I that's... totally agree, Tom. Totally. It, mm-hmm. it, and and again, I'll, I'll speak on behalf of Ted and you. Probably the vast majority of people we do teach in Florida are that stereotypic fifty-five and older. I'm sort of wondering what the fourth segment of the Grand Slam is. Is it a scotch or a wine? But uh, <laughs> the the whole idea behind trying to I, I actually have to start tricking people into their right. fitness because the more sure. I talk to them about it, the less likely they're listening to me because not necessarily they're trying to buy the swing. They're so fixated on what the ball does. I've got to take total value out of the ball and transfer yep. it into their body. So I'll end up tricking Amen. them into certain things. Um, I'll show them things they can do within their current lifestyle. And I, for Brett, I'll use this example of someone's, sitting at a caster chair if you just place your arms on your desk and start turning your hips 
that's going to yeah. help your golf game. Don't don't just sit there idle. Turn your hips. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. get the separation of upper and lower body going, right. and that's going to help your golf game. And you can do that once every couple hours for a few minutes, and all of a sudden, wow! Not only is my golf game better, my lifestyle's better. My, I've got better <laughs> overall lifestyle posture. And yeah. people are just totally amazed at how simple it can be, and it only takes three or four minutes a day at minimum. When you get into the more competitive people, and Tom can probably vouch for this, yeah, you need that fitness professional to educate us. We need to educate our players. But it's also, I agree, I know enough to be dangerous. I've got to be able to pass them off to a brat so they can get that kind of education. But it is tricking. I mean, let's face it, if you you can't trick the person into it or be just as blunt as Tom is, and I am quite often, it, uh, I'll, I say it a little bit differently. I just tell them, hey, if you really want everything out of what I'm providing you, you've got to take a more active part in yourself. Right. Yeah, that's uh, a great exactly. way to put it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Brett, I, I want you to, um, for the guys and, and for the audience out there, I'd, I'd like for you to just talk about, maybe give us some examples. John pointed out a great one there for those that are stuck at a desk for eight hours or so a, a day. Um the, the art of learning a pregame warm-up routine. What are some things that they can do? I know you can't physically show us, but maybe you can give us yeah. some, some examples that, that I'm sure these guys may be already incorporating in, in their uh, uh, lessons and that, but maybe some things that the folks out there that uh, uh, are tuning in tonight um, can take away from, from uh, tonight's uh, panel. Sure. Uh, I'd be happy to. I, I know um, this has been mentioned a few times. Most of the golfers that they're working with are over 55. Uh, in fact, the majority of my clients here in New York are over 55 as well. So here's the, the result of aging is an increased joint stiffness and loss of connective tissue and muscle elasticity, which of course results in a loss of overall flexibility. That's the number one reason golfers come to me is they say I need more flexibility for golf. So part of the warm up, uh, of course, is to improve overall flexibility, and I start by improving tissue quality. So what that essentially means is we take a tool, uh, my favorite tool, especially for the golf course, is a massage stick known as a tiger's tail. It's 18 to 22 Mm. inches, has a handle on each side and neoprene covering, and you use that tool to create pressure against your muscles and fascia. Uh, And what that does over a few minutes of time and pressure it just increases blood flow and elasticity. So that's the first step. That, that precedes stretching, which is the next step, a dynamic stretch routine. Uh, the dynamic stretch routine is stretching multiple muscle groups that cross multiple joints in movement patterns for a short period of time, just a few seconds. So you simply move in and out of a stretch repetitively to loosen up. And then the very last stage is a plyometric exercise which starts to prepare the nervous system for activity. We know golf is a power sport. It takes the average uh, golf pro, I think, and you guys can tell me if i am got this number right, about a quarter of a second from the top of the backswing to impact. So it's, the club is moving very fast, and that requires fast-twitch muscle fiber, which, of course, we lose as we get older. So the last part of my warm-up process is a plyometric exercise to upregulate the nervous system. This is all preceding 
um, what the golf pros would recommend as the swing progressions they would get into next. Right. And Peter, once you lead us off with that, maybe talk about some of the things that you get your students to do as part of a pre-warm-up. Brett's just giving us an idea of, uh, and I'm sure any of the fitness instructors that you're working with probably do uh, very similar or may even have some other things. But uh, what about on the golf course uh, or on the practice tee when you're getting them to warm up? Is there anything specific you'd like to get your students uh, to do before uh, before they're hitting balls? I mean, absolutely. I end up having the my fitness for instru- professional take everybody through um, a warm-up routine right in the beginning of the year so that we have kind of a meeting, we get together, and she takes them through. And basically what she's looking to have them do is prepare their body to stabilize and rotate uh, various things with glutes, um, a lot of primarily um, – uh, step out lunges with some type of rotation, um, just preparing mm-hmm. the lower chain to to activate and you know a lot. And there's a little bit of upper chain, a little upper back. Um, but you know, again, I leave it up to her. I trust her completely, and I, I that's why she comes at very much in the beginning and gives people things to to do in a good warm up routine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, John, what about yourself? What uh, are there some things that you like to, again, obviously, if you're deferring to some of your fitness instructors uh, for the physical, uh, you know, uh, pre-screening, if you will, but is there anything at the, on the practice tree that you try to get uh, your students to do to, to in a general warm-up? The, the first time out, I want to see what they do to warm up, and I, I think the, the rest of the panel will agree with us. You see a whole lot. You, you see some things you've never <laughs> thought of before, uh, but I want to yeah, know what I they do. Again. <laughs> right. Uh, I want to see what they do first. And what I'll do is I'll work backwards into that. When they come, when they're finished that first time, I'm actually having them warm down versus warm up. And as you get older, there we, we lose a lot of sight. I think Brett will agree with us on the warm down. As much as it's important to warm up, it's just as important as you get older, maybe even more so to warm down. So by the time they come for the second one, as I've seen them, as I've asked them, hey, can you touch your toes? Can you turn this way? Can you do certain things with your elbows and your shoulders? As they warm up that second time, I'm throwing things in there for them to do exactly what Brett had talked about. Let's get joints and muscles especially the the lower part of the body engaged and ready to make that transition from bottom to top to back to bottom. And then what are you doing to activate the nervous system from the fast twitch things? What explosive things can I get them to do? And it's going to vary based on the person, what they are capable of. I I don't want to push them. My liability insurance has a cap on it. I don't want to use it all (laughs) in person, but it's, it, you, you got to go about it gingerly and be able to, to have somebody understand, Hey, this is important. Uh, and the first time I'm just going to let them do it. Uh, because normally after the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, they're worn out after that first time, and and once I'll let them get in that worn out state, as Ted said, putty in my hands, so I can then mm-hmm. sort of tell them the value behind a, a good warm up. Yeah, I I agree, and, and uh, thank you for mm-hmm. that. Um, 
Tom, now I know that you, uh, again, I know you defer to, uh, as the others do, to, to a fitness professional to get into more in-depth things, but I, I know that you uh, have some things that you want to uh, have your students that you're working with, uh, regardless of age, um, do before they, they get out there and really start, uh, you know, before you start to really work them uh, in the process. Um, what are some things that you try to do or get your, encourage your students to do um, when they're on the lesson tee? Well, Ted, at the risk of John, John, um, I'm kidding when I say this, calling me blunt, blunt again. Um, about uh, three, three or four years ago, three or four years ago, I started putting out a series of stretch devices on my tee in the morning, amongst all my teaching aids and toys: a stretch mat, a stretch bar, an orange whip, a swing fan, a weighted club, and a number of other things. And I put it in a position on the tee every day that when they came to me for a lesson, they had to basically trip over to get to me. So for about the first two or three weeks, as my as my regu- as my regulars came and they stepped over these things and around them, about the third week I'd say to them when they showed up, I'd say, "Did, did you did you trip on that? Did you trip on that uh, theraband back there? Did you step over that mat? What do you think it's what do you think it's there for? What do you think is it is it you think it's a lawn decoration or something? So then I turn around, I put them on the mat, and I and I I had had them go through a series of stretches with me and say, you know. And it might last 10 or 12 or 15 minutes into their one-hour lesson. And then I'd say, okay, let's right. go and swing the club a little bit. And they'd say, boy, this, this feels so much easier all of a sudden. I said, yeah. you imagine right. if you did that. Imagine, right. imagine if you actually did that every day and you came to the tee first. It was a 15-minute process where, you, you know, you kind of, you know, you did certain things before you hit that first golf shot. You think it would be more productive. It's amazing to me that you can put the tools and the toys right in front of them, right in front of them, and they'll step yep. over or around it. So, so God bless you, John. Keep trying. I will too. Tom, Tom you were too cryptic <laughs> the first three weeks. What's that? You were too cryptic the first three weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm an idiot is what I am. That's, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, um, let, me, let me just, because I, I want to keep this moving so we, we get through uh, some of the other topics tonight. Um, obviously, working hand-in-hand from the fitness side of things, and, and Greg, or Greg, um, Brett, I'll let you uh, uh, start this off as well, but let's talk about n- the nutritional side as well. Um, in, in, in conjunction with good fitness, we want to make sure that people are eating. Um, you know, that, that uh, glass of wine that John was talking about, is it might be great for after the round, but it's not something that they want to have before the round. So what are some good nutritional basics and tips um, that we can give the guys here in the panel, but also they can relay to their students um, hopefully uh, encourage them to eat a little bit better, which will help with their fitness side as well. Yeah, I'm sure the, the golf pros on, on the panel have some basic nutrition education. So what it really comes down to is this, right? If we're having trouble with flexibility, which is the, the average amateur's problem. Uh, the first part of nutrition starts with hydration. Uh, since the body is made up of mostly water, 60 to 70% water, your brain is 80% water, it's really important to be hydrated, and that starts first thing in the morning when you wake up. So a, a basic guideline is going to be for someone to drink half their body weight in ounces of water per day and up to 25% of that number when they first get out of bed before oh, they finish wow. breakfast. Yeah. So if you're 200 pounds, you want to consume 100 ounces of water throughout the day. Uh, if you're in Florida, it's really hot and you're sweating a lot that number is going to go up, but uh, that is the guideline. So it's a really simple number to remember. Just divide your body weight in half, and that's how many ounces of water you should be drinking a day. 
most people are not drinking that much water, which means they're chronically dehydrated. So it's going to be hard to get the flexibility that they want if they're not drinking enough water. So nutrition starts with hydration. That's the, that's the first thing you should be doing. Second is yeah. – um, Go ahead. You had a question? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the next thing they want to be aware of is controlling blood sugar, right? So that's going to be the key for the overall health and performance on the golf course is controlling blood sugar, which controls your hormones, your mood, and your strength levels, and all that starts with breakfast, which is what they should be doing first thing upon waking up, drinking water and eating breakfast, and that breakfast needs to include protein and fat. You know, that's going to one come of the reasons, from eggs, bacon, and etc. Right. Yeah. The reason why I wanted to, to have these, have you talk about some of these things tonight, Brett, was, you know, a lot of people might be listening in and think, well, I knew all that, or I understand it, but you'd be surprised. And, and guys, please chime in, all three of you. Um, we know we see a lot of bad habits, especially here. I, I can attest here in Florida. Um, you know, people eating all kinds of, you know, stuff out in the golf course. The, you know cute little girl, uh, cart girl comes by and you know they're scarfing down a couple of hot dogs and and uh, maybe a beer or two or what have you um and, and that's certainly not going to be conducive and, and it's important nutrition is is equally as important to fitness so um peter let me go to you here um and give you an opportunity to start off first i know you can't twist somebody's arm uh, on what to eat but do you try to encourage your students as well to to be a little bit more nutritionally uh, sound no <laughs> very blunt i'll be real honest <laughs> i'll be real, no i i you know what I, I i have a few professionals that i coach and a couple of competitive amateurs that have taken it upon themselves but i don't uh, enter that aspect of their life because <laughs> truthfully i'm not i'm not going to move that needle that's a choice of their own it, it, yeah. right <laughs> I can I can mention it. I can say everything that Brett was just talking about. I can help them prepare to perform as well as they can. But I, right. I'm not gonna. I mean, even I, I'm I'm no different. And I'm in the Berkshires of Massachusetts, sure. and you know my seasonal people are from coming from where you guys are in Florida, and there's nothing stopping me from them enjoying their 18 holes. And then having a beer and uh, fries and a, and a wrap of some kind after, and then going over to their friend's house and having, you know, cocktails yeah. and hors d'oeuvres and whatever they want. There's nothing. Right. They have to make that choice. And even the people that are even in the, F, I mean, 15 years, the people that are most committed are going to, over the course of the summer, uh, sure. It's a very social time, and just like you guys in Florida where the winter is very social, um, they're yeah. not going to turn down an opportunity to socialize for the sake of their <laughs> golf game being better. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, and I hate to say it for Brett's sake because, he's, you know, everybody's, you know, on, on Brett's end is working really hard to help educate people, and they're saying that definitely they're, they're 100% correct. Um, right. But it ends up coming down to their choice, uh, and we can we can tell them all they want. But um, most of the time, they're going to wake up late. Um, they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to eat something as quickly as possible that is most likely processed and not good for them. Yeah. And run yeah. to the golf course as quickly and humanly as possible, and run to the tee and maybe do a few things that 
someone like Brett or myself had showed them to get Justin loose enough where they can make contact in the first tee. I mean, it's just in the Northeast, that's how it really goes down in a realistic sense. I'd love to say that's, that's well, definitely the norm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is the norm. And John and, and, and Tom, I'm sure you would, would both agree. I, I agree with you, Peter. It, it's tough. I mean, I think you, you want to be able to um, – you don't want to get as, – as you point out, Peter, you don't want to get in their business and, and telling them how they should live their lives. Um, but I think to go against the argument of uh, some of the folks out there that don't have um, – maybe some good habits they want to you know i think tom you had mentioned earlier about you know some of these golfers wanting to play better um but they don't want to do some of the necessary um steps in order to improve their game they just want a sort of a quick fix and john i know you've mentioned this many times on the show as well but um uh, tom let me start with you and then john anything that you do to to try and encourage them to uh, to be a little bit more diligent in in uh in their nutritional side of things or are you pretty much like peter and it's a no deal <laughs> This is kind of a, it, it's kind of, to be honest with you guys, it's kind of freaky that we're doing this topic tonight because just uh, today, I ha- well, actually this past week I had an epiphany. I'm 58 years old and I, I kind of looked in the mirror and said, you know what, we're going in the wrong direction here. And I'm in the middle right now of a 10-day juice fast, uh, veggie mm. juice fast. And if I seem a little ornery, it's because I haven't eaten anything. I've been drinking this green juice for about the... I don't know, God knows how long right now. It's going to go on for 10 more days um, because I felt like when I looked in the mirror and I still like to play a little competitive senior golf, that I was going in the wrong direction myself. So this fast will end in 10 days, and I will then behind that um, change, my, change my menu day to day. I then at the same very same time alongside this in parallel to this, blown up one of the rooms of my house and put in a row machine, a treadmill, and some various stretching devices because I made a commitment that I – I couldn't teach and preach what I was preaching without doing some of it myself. So I basically just just this week um, t- taken some radical steps to turn that, that turn that ship around. Congratulations, yeah, it, Tom. I'm yeah, that's great. That's awesome stuff. Wow, yeah. boys, don't say don't say congratulations yet because I might kill myself in the next four days. <laughs> we turn uh, green. Well, just the, hold on for another ten minutes, Tom, and and then. Uh, we'll, <laughs> Well, I mean, I thought what you said about, pre, you know, pre, you know, practicing what you're preaching. I, once I got TPI certified, I, I, I did the same thing. I dropped 30 pounds just because I'm sitting there yeah. looking in the mirror. I said, how can I tell somebody, you know, this is a, this is a great thing for them. If I'm, if I'm looking how I look. So, yeah, I, I, throw, you know, I, throw, I really agree. And I, I felt the same exact way. I'm, I'm, I'm close to 30 overweight right now, and then that's, that's, I've had enough of that nonsense, and it's going to stop. So we're going to start right now. The green shakes yeah, are good. great. I still have them. The, the, best, oh my God. the best way is to uh, to lead by example, and you guys are leading by example. That's that's really commendable. Yeah, I, I, Tom, I congratulate you simply because you recognize that I'm I'm a similar story. Uh, back when I won the Horton Smith, I looked at myself in the mirror and said, I can't stand up in front of 2,000 peers and give an acceptance speech looking like that. And I proceeded to lose 68 pounds in wow. four and a half months. It was a lot of workout. It was a lot of diet. Good and for you. It, it, I still struggle with that. I go see an endocrinologist three or four times a year to keep blood sugar correct. And, right. and what, from the original question that Ted asked, I'm sort of the hybrid. I'm not going to jump in someone's business, but I'll have people come for three or four days 
and if I can drop a hint here or there, tell my own personal story, and then they get it, hey, because I made some changes, I was able to do this, if it inspires them, great. But that's all I can really do is inspire them, as Ted, as uh, Tom's saying, hey, just you know, lead by example. So I've actually made a recommitment the first of the year, cut out the soft drinks, cut out anything white in my diet, and it's paying dividends. Yeah. 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 Let me let me just add this, and and I and I want the folks out there that are that are listening to the broadcast, and I I don't want them to misunderstand really what we're talking about here tonight. We're not you know trying to you know force anything on the players out there, but I think there's been no you know, and this has been going on for quite some time for many many years now, and and um, I think that a lot of golfers have become frustrated because they're not. Um, maybe improving, and they're, they're looking for reasons why. And some are blaming the the, the instructor, some are blaming the, the club. So they go out and, as Tom put earlier, you know, spending five hundred dollars on a new driver, thinking that's going to find the, the magical elixir. But the truth of the matter is, there's many components to becoming a good golfer. It's not just about understanding the swing and you know getting a little white ball down the field or down the fairway. Excuse me. Um, but it's about taking care of yourself and putting that effort in. And I think we've all seen examples over the last decade or so where, um, whether it be time restrictions or what have you. So really what we're trying to do here tonight, folks, is, is we're, we're getting ready in, in most of the United States and, and, and even in Canada. Uh, we're, we're getting through that, that winter thaw, uh, some earlier than others. And it's going to be time to get back out there for those of you that don't have access to an indoor facility. And we want you to prepare yourselves, not just, you know, go out to the first tee and just start hitting balls. And, and uh, you know, and there's things, obviously, taking lessons and, and practicing all areas of your game. We want you to get out there. But we want you to be a little bit more conscious. That doesn't mean you can't have, um, you know, a, a burger and fries uh, during the day. But try to eat a little bit better, as, as Brett put uh, at the beginning of the day, get a you know a, a decent breakfast if you can. Uh, drink lots of water. Get yourself well hydrated before you go out there, and give yourself a good fighting chance. And then also do the, fit, the physical side, as Brett alluded to earlier, uh, and and Tom uh, letting people trip on those mats. Get those mats out there and and get people doing some stuff. I mean, gosh, you know, I don't know how many times, and guys, I'm sure you can all attest to this. You, you get somebody out there, and, you, and uh, the other thing, too, is they don't practice enough. You know, you'll give them a great lesson, and then, you're, you know, maybe seeing them a couple of weeks down the road, and they've done absolutely nothing to, uh, to work on those fundamentals. So, you know, um, you know folks, if you want to become a better uh, player, you've got to put that effort in, and you've got to make that time and commitment, as we've all talked about tonight. Um, as I said, guys, we're, we're coming down to the last few minutes, so um, I, I want to – sorry, go ahead. Somebody wanted to – I thought I heard somebody nope. say my name. Sorry. Um, I, I'm going to go through uh, in this order, John, Peter, Tom, and then uh, uh, Brett, give you guys an opportunity to share with the folks uh, a little bit about yourself and where they can reach out if they're interested in learning more about what it is that you have to offer, uh, websites and that sort of thing. So, John, um, go ahead and, and uh, you can start. Sure. And, it, again, fellas, an honor and pleasure. Uh, this, Ted, a very valuable conversation uh, I would tell people the way I sum it up is this way. It was mentioned earlier, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. We as golf professionals represent that lake. You've got to bring yourself to the lake and drink from it. And we'll be, we'll be willing to hydrate you all you want. Uh, 
<laughs> but we can't even get you to the lake. It's not our responsibility nor us to motivate you to do that. We can inspire you to do it, but you've got to be motivated to do it. And this was a fantastic into-the-season kind of discussion, and I appreciate everybody's comments about it. Uh, you can find me, johnhughesgolf.com. Uh, I'm in. I'm at Falcons Fire Golf Club. Shout out to Ryan and Ryan and the staff there. They take wonderful care of me. Courses in great shape. Do a lot of vacation golf schools. Have quite a big clientele following, and that I'm real happy about and proud of uh, being there three years now. Uh, you can reach me through JohnHughesGolf.com or John at JohnHughesGolf.com. My phone number is there too. And Brett, I've got two extra rooms here. So if you ever Great. want to come need any muscles and fascia, bring you <laughs> and an assistant. The assi- sure. You can take care of my wife, and the assistant can take care of me, and I'll make the eggs and bacon. Very good. That's totally <laughs> a great plan. I love it. <laughs> uh, Peter, Peter, go ahead and let the folks know. Uh, thank you, John, as always. Uh, Peter, go ahead and, and let the folks know if they want to reach out to you. Yeah, again, great. Thanks for having me, Ted, and uh Great input from everybody on the panel tonight. I appreciate all your input, and I agree. It's a, a great conversation for us to have leading into the, the outdoor season uh, in the Northeast and the North. But, um, yeah, I'm primarily a, a long-term coach. I try to do long-term programs. I do meet with people during the season uh, on an individual basis at the Connick Golf Club. Uh, we're right on the campus of Williams College, so I'm very fortunate to have um, a lot of support from everybody there. Um, yeah, people can reach me at uh, Daily Golf Coach is pretty much every handle I have across Twitter, um, Instagram, and uh, Snapchat. And um, they can reach me at dailygolfcoach at gmail.com. Uh, just great to be here. Thanks for having me, Ted. Well, as always, Peter, thank you for joining. I know you're going to be, uh, as John is, you're going to be uh, coming on some some other uh, panel discussions, and I appreciate your input as always as well. Uh, Tom, please uh, let the folks know how they can reach out to you as well. Ted, thanks for having me, and, uh, and thanks for including me with, with these guys. It's, uh, I don't know any of these guys personally, but I certainly hope in the future we all cross paths. It was, it was fun being on. Uh, I'm in paradise in Naples, Florida. Um mm-hmm. We don't have any Mickey Mouse down here, John. We're just, you know, we're just, you know, great beaches and great and great food. That's but you can that's fine as long as you're drinking green drinks, you can stay right there. <laughs> I'm at www.tompatry.com, and then I'm floating around on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all those places too. And uh, if you need to get warm and get out of the cold, this is a great place to visit. Thank you so much for having me, Ted. You're welcome. And uh, last but not least, uh, my my special guest panelist tonight, uh, uh, Brett Cohen. Brett? Uh, Thanks, thanks, Tom, and and all the guests. Uh, I'm happy to hear everyone is on the same level, and we all agree that uh, wellness and fitness and golf all belong together in the same conversation. So as a golf fitness coach and holistic lifestyle coach, my main objective is to keep golfers healthy when you keep golfers healthy, they keep playing golf longer, uh, and that's good for business and it's good for the game. So that's that's my object. Uh, my objective is to educate them and help them. Uh, we can't lead a horse to water, but if they need the help and they want the help, I'm here to help them. Uh, I can be reached at uh, www.nygolf.com. 
fitnessguru.com. Uh, and then I have a special message for any of the golfers that are listening in tonight. If they contact me through the website, uh, I will send them my new How to Warm Up for Golf guide and video, which is due to be released next week. So they're welcome to have it. Perfect. Well, guys, uh, again, as always, I, I appreciate it. John, uh, Peter, Tom, and, and Brett, thank you very much for, for giving of your time uh, for the show. And, and I agree wholeheartedly with everybody. Um, I think it was a great conversation uh, tonight. I, I appreciate everybody's input, as always, into the program. And I know that the, uh, the audience uh, tuning in each and every week enjoy the discussions here on the Coach's Corner panel. So thank you, guys. I look forward to uh, you all joining me again in the future. Uh, as a guest, but also as a, uh, a panelist as well. So, guys, have a great, uh, great weekend. Uh, Tom, bless, bless your heart, as they say here in the South. Keep drinking that green <laughs> juice, and uh, I hope you feel oh uh, better. And uh, I, I, I promise you, I'm, I'm not going to tell you I'm having a steak this weekend. But, anyways, God bless, brother. Oh, have Ted, a good. Don't do that, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Uh, I, I, won't I've, I specifically won't have one now, just because uh, because I said that. So I'm going to negate having that this weekend. But anyways, um, guys, thank you very much as always. Have a great weekend, and uh, I thank you for coming on uh, Golf Talk Live tonight. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody. All right. Thanks, All right. everybody. Bye bye. All right. That was uh, the special. Uh, Coach's Corner panel tonight, uh, uh, a great bunch of guys, John Hughes, uh, Peter Agazarian, Tom Patry, and, of course, Brett Cohen. Uh, great guys uh, on the panel tonight. We're really trying to get everybody ready for the upcoming season here, particularly in uh, some of the areas like the northeastern part of the United States and, and even northwestern parts where it's still a little bit cool out there. And some of you folks maybe don't have uh, uh, access to an indoor facility to work out or, or don't have the opportunity to come down here uh, in the uh, the sunny southern part of the United States, uh, in Florida in particular, uh, where we've got some great locations uh, uh, and opportunities to play some golf. So I hope the tips helped you a little bit. Again, uh, you know, it was kind of a fitness and nutrition uh, light conversation. We weren't trying to get too heavy. And uh, I can't emphasize enough, um, talk to your, your, your teacher professional that you're working with. Um, most of them nowadays um, are working with some sort of golf fitness instructor, uh, either they have it on staff or they have connected with, and it, it's certainly a good idea to get sort of a pre-screening at the beginning of the season just to, to see what things, areas maybe that you can um, work on. Uh, I think the misconception is everybody thinks, well, I'm just, I, I belong to a gym and I go and work out you know, three, four, five times a week um, thinking that's good. Golf fitness and general fitness are two entirely different things, and that's where a great golf uh, instructor or a golf fitness instructor, rather, uh, can, can help you uh, with that assessment. So it's worthwhile doing and uh, of course, go and see uh, one of the, the great gentlemen that were on here tonight, if you're in that area, or at least uh, reach out to them through their website. Maybe they can give you some great tips uh, to help your golf game in general. Um, moving on, I've got a great guest joining me tonight. Um, he is uh, the founder of the Stand Up and Play Foundation and Kids Swing International. His name is Anthony Neto, uh, and he's going to be joining me here. Let me just tell you a little bit about Anthony's uh, story, and then uh, I'll bring him on and we'll uh, get into our discussion here in the second half of the show. Uh, Anthony Neto, as I said, is my guest. Uh, he's the founder of the Stand Up and uh, Play Foundation and Kids Swing International. And uh, after being injured in Africa, he founded the, the two organizations and has been, uh, for the, over 25 years, has a track record within the adaptive sports community. And we'll explain a little bit what that exactly means. Uh, Anthony's dedication to uh, an active lifestyle 
and his belief that anybody can lead a healthy life despite their physical limitations uh, has uh, been proven time and time again. Uh, he travels throughout the country working with different organizations and community centers, uh, rehab uh, hospitals, and golf courses to promote uh, active standing therapy programs. We'll talk to him about that as well. And as he points out, he lives in Nevada, California, Florida, Nebraska, uh, Washington, uh, D.C., or anywhere that the foundation needs him at any given time. And due to the large uh, amount of wounded uh, since 9-11, as well as the Vietnam, uh, he has had to uh, concentrate his uh, his work with various wounded programs uh, to provide uh, equipment that is so badly needed and uh, that is still not being supplied by the VA. So uh, I'm going to bring Anthony on here, and we'll, uh, we'll continue our, our conversation. Good evening, Anthony, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. Hi there. Good uh, good evening. Um, I'm in well, California. Th- thank so, you. Uh, thank yeah. You so, the, uh, well, you're quite welcome. I appreciate uh, and thank you for for taking the time to come on the show tonight. Let me let me start off first, um, and I guess state the obvious. Uh, in your intro, I you know you you mentioned about being uh, being injured. Explain first off a little bit about your background and how you became injured and, and, and where you're at today, and then we'll get into um, some discussion about the, the foundation and, and some of the great work you're doing there. Okay, without going into too much detail, um, I was injured in the military, and uh, uh, five years later, which actually put me in a wheelchair, but I was using braces and a back brace and uh, special crutches, um, but what actually really put me in the full-time wheelchair was a car accident five years later in, in South Africa, and I uh, ended up being uh, um, from a paraplegic to a quadriplegic, which is a you know the neck injury um, that obviously mm-hmm. uh, took away the the arms, and that obviously made my ability to move with the braces and back braces um, more difficult. So at the end of the day, I just ended, you know the wheelchair had to be a full time um, how do we call it uh, way of transport or means of transport and uh, unfortunately you know golf carts were fine my buddies used to help me get out the cart uh, I'd stand up with these special braids hit the ball sometimes fall over and then they'd pick me up and throw me back in the cart and we go on right. <laughs> unfortunately right. um, with uh, not being able to do that anymore um, we ended up saying come on there must be another way of doing this <laughs> uh, without you know uh, how you say um, falling over all the time so we ended up uh, working with a few, a few friends and uh, buddies, and we designed what we call today the uh, Paramobile, otherwise nicknamed the Paragolfer, um, mm. because it's a very special type of wheelchair frame that um, stands up almost literally like the um, standard frames you'd get in hospital. Um, right. And we made that you know mobile and obviously a lot more comfortable and a lot more stronger and usable, friendly as well, because... Um, Medical equipment um, is great uh, to a certain degree, but it's, you know the user himself or herself has to actually do it on a regular basis, um, and it's not comfortable standing at all because everything pulls and it's uncomfortable and sore. And, um, it's like doing a stretch, um, and but the problem is your body's fighting to do exactly the opposite, and that's you'd like to be tur- you know curl up in a ball, and uh, this is trying to make you stand up straight. And um, yeah, so we decided how to. Um, I'd say distract ourselves and have fun at the same time as doing what's so important for us, and that was then finding a way. And golf was a perfect opportunity. Right, and and you know, as I mentioned in the in the um, uh, the intro, 
and, and as most of us here in, in the U.S. know, with with all of the brothers and sisters that in in the military that have uh, you know that are coming back, and and some uh, may not be quite to the same extent that you are, but but certainly have, have various different injuries and so forth. Um, many who many of them who played golf uh, before being deployed. Um, maybe are looking for ways to to sort of rekindle that passion, but might be struggling. So this is uh, essentially, if I'm correct, um, one of the reasons why you started the Stand Up and Play Foundation. Is that correct? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, you know, we started, um, you probably noticed, I am originally from um, the other side of the pond or further south, actually. <laughs> I was born in South Africa, Cape Town. And... Um, mm-hmm. We and then moved to Europe, and because of the military, I was 20 years in Europe, um, out of Europe, and that's where I initially got, uh, was my base, and so we started over there. Um, I also ended up um, coming over here because of my friends that I'd, you know, met over the years um, who had been injured, and I were having serious issues with um, skin issues, um, like bed sores, mm-hmm. and... Um, right. I knew there was a way to do it. And, you know, we got 22 um, average, you know, suicidals a day. Um, and that was, uh, for me, a, a wake-up call. I said, surely, you know, I, I hit rock bottom, but I had the right friends around me and that happened to be a kid um, that wanted me to teach him how to play golf was one of the reasons. Secondly, it was mm-hmm. a, a couple of colleagues that said, come on, let's get you out. You know, you're going to just get sick in this place. And, you know, the roof's falling on my head and, Video games are, 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 are you know, not the not the option. Um, definitely not eight hours, ten hours, twelve hours a day. So I um, opted out for the, well, I was forced out. Let's put it that way, um, to give a golf lesson. And um, one thing led to another. Then it was, how the hell do we get these guys mobile? Um, because it's all good getting us out there, but frustration is when you're sitting down trying to hit a golf ball. Unfortunately, that's all that was left, you know, or available with these seated golf carts that are all over the country and especially now that, you know, they've even been given an official name, an adapted golf cart, which is for a person that's in a wheelchair um, and cannot use his legs, um, impossible as far as, you know, well, not impossible, but right. it's really, really difficult and, and clumsy and, and frustrating. It's frustrating enough trying to hit a golf ball when everything works, um, let alone when you have a disability. And unfortunately, um, for all those wheelchair people that might be listening out there, it is the most mm-hmm. difficult frustrating sport in the world for wheelchair users um there's no sport more frustrating and i'll I'll tell you that right and honestly now but that's just the game but not the golf as such um hitting a golf ball can get rid of a lot of frustrations that needed Uh, vital uh, organs will be um also helped in the standing Mm -hmm. um reducing the bed sore issues um through blood flow circulation relief pressure relief um, putting pressure on the bones, which will stop and prevent osteoporosis. Uh, your digestive tract um, has all of a sudden space because you're now in an upright position um, and can then flow, um, which causes serious issues later on. You know, I was actually made aware by a pediatric um, that he said an average kid between the age of 10 and 20 um, goes through about a dozen unnecessary operations because they don't stand enough. Can you believe that? Hmm. And I just said, come on. Wow. I thought he was trying to you know, jack around with me, and it wasn't. He was actually quite serious. And he said, the problem is they don't stand. They do all these amazing sports that they offer us, wheelchair, basketball, tennis, you name it, they do it, but they do it sitting down. Right. 
So right. I said, surely, I mean, um, you give him a, a give him a putter, give him a trip. You don't have to hit the ball, you know, 150 to 250 or 300 yards to have fun. And um, so we did a little trial, and uh, we took a standing chair, um, you know, strapped that to a um, construction uh, that I wouldn't exactly <laughs> try in America because I could have sort of thought of being sued if something happened. Uh, we did this all out right. of the American lawyers. <laughs> and after you know a lot of trial and falls and errors, and um, I never broke anything, but um, they weren't ideal. That what was available. And um, we came up, as, as I said, with the, the new Stand Up and Play Foundation was formed because these machines cost us a lot of money. But thanks to the generous um, opportunities of the corporates around, um, which we're going to later on, um, this has been made possible. And, you know, the veterans themselves, since the First World War, um, they've actually used for the officers um, golf as a therapeutic way of um, rehabilitation. And um, right. the Second World War, uh, the NCOs were then obviously opened up with the door um, in, in, in um, the spinal unit, as, um, not as much, but um, for more the amputees. And an amazing breakthrough they had, that they had um, the camaraderie um, in the green um, environment out of the hospital clinical environment. It was uh, an ideal, um, almost a solution to medication. It was probably more important um, than the actual medication they were having to take because they were mind and body and soul were, were wanting to get better. Um, right. Like myself. I mean, I was only really, you know, once I, I had a mission again in my life, um, I didn't want to kill myself anymore. And if it wasn't for the game of golf, I don't think I'd be here today. And I can tell you that as um, and I quote many, many, many uh, a happy golfer out there today in the last 25 years that I've been doing this. Actually, I've done it prior to being in a wheelchair myself, but I've been helping guys with like amputees and that. And they also sure. said, you know, they live for their golf. And I've got a guy now, he's in a wheelchair. He said, Anthony, you take my golf clubs away, I'll, I'll kill myself tomorrow. Um, is that just, yeah. That's just as blunt as, because uh, you know, we do talk pretty straight forward, um, you know, where we come from. <laughs> and um, right. there's nothing like um, a frustrated um, we're going to have medical problems even though we do the right things, even though we are on the right diet. And I was, it was really interesting listening to your speakers before because that's actually one of the, I'd say, 55% of our um, recovery is, is through explaining how to carry on your life. And that is, one is, yes, get flexible. Two, um, you've got to watch out what you eat um, because a wheelchair, obviously, you're not burning as much energy as, as um, sure. you would be. Um, even though you might be um, in a certain sport, um, but a lot of the time the wheelchair doesn't burn as much energy as um, a healthy you know person that can run around. So from the logic, um, yes, um, diet is so important, but also it prevents helps prevent the bed sore issues as well. So a lot of you know nutrition, fluids, um, and watch your weight. And I think you know golf is a is a perfect way of doing this because you don't have to be 100% fit. Um, to still start doing, it's like you know, you, you baby steps. You learn to crawl, then you learn right. to, to to walk, and then run. In the in, in the case, it's obviously it'll never happen with us, but uh, we do run in the form of getting out there and playing 18 holes. I mean, my first game of golf, um, I can't remember um, how long it took me. It took me more than two, three years to even try and do 18 holes. But what I did do is I hit a couple of bucket of balls. And I didn't, you know, maybe I spent a few hours um, chipping and pitching, um, and that even took uh, a long time to get to that level because of my injuries. 
Um, and that's where, you know, the game of golf is so powerful. Let me ask you, um, let me just say, first off, um, you know, kudos to you, uh, Anthony, for, for, you know, not only uh, creating this organization to, to reach out and help others um, that, are, that are meeting some of the same struggles that you have met um, and, and, and really giving back uh, to a lot of people, but also recognizing the value of golf. You know, I've played golf um, since I was, you know, a, that old saying, knee high to a grasshopper. And, uh, you know, I've, right. I've taught golf now for, for many, many years. Um, and, and I want to talk to you about something here in just a second. But uh, what I want to say is I, I had a, a cousin of mine, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but um, had a work-related injury. He was not, uh, he didn't serve in the military, but he had a work-related injury where he lost um, the, from his uh, right arm, the elbow down. And, uh, mm-hmm. be, you know, it became, of course, an amputee. And I remember him saying those very words. I mean, there was a long, long time uh, shortly. And he played, of course, he was a golfer um, for most of his life. He played golf. And when that accident happened, it, he had some of the many of the same thoughts, I'm sure, that both yourself and, and many of the others that you, you deal with through the organizations um, really almost became suicidal because he thought, well, what am I going to do? Where's my life going to go? And... You know, again, he had a good group of friends around him that encouraged him and said, you know, his name was Walt. And he said, you know, Walt, uh, you know, you can still play golf. Uh, You might have to make some changes and you might have to make some adjustments, um, but you can still go out. And he said that that really um, kept him going uh, for so long. I mean, he obviously had, you know, family and things like that. But he said that when he had the, the prospect of having to give up something that he loved and enjoyed every day of his life, um, that was really difficult. So, you know, golf gave so much uh, back to him uh, over the years. And, and I want to ask you, you know, from a perspective from somebody in the industry, uh, and, and one of the reasons I, I wanted to have you on the show, and, and I'm going to have somebody else, uh, and I know you know her, uh, Gianna Rogas, uh, who has uh, her own um, uh, limitations, and we'll talk about that when she comes on the show here in, in uh, next week. She's going to be on the show. But uh, the reason why I want to do that is, and, and I didn't realize that the numbers, and I, and I don't have them in front of me here, but it was amazing the numbers here in the United States of individuals that have uh, some disadvantage, whether it be in your case, uh, where you have lost the, the use of, of um, a, a lot of your, your, your body or somebody that may just, again, as my cousin had a, was an amputee, that there's really not much of an outreach within the golf industry. And it's almost like maybe they don't know how to, to deal with that. How can an organization such as yourself and somebody who has dealt with some of the issues that you have, how can you pair up with the golf industry and say, hey, here's an opportunity um, to literally address millions of people here in the United States that have uh, difficult situations that they're dealing with physically, um, how can the golf industry and, and organizations such as yourself work together to do some of the, the great things that you're doing? I think you, know, you mentioned the, the, the word together and work together. I think that's the first challenge, and everyone has their own agenda, um, unfortunately, um, and, you know, we experience it every day in, in, in politics. <laughs> um, right. <and> there's yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going to get there. But, you know, sport. No, we're not, we're not going to go. This, um, is, a, this is a golf yeah. show, so we can't go there tonight. <laughs> this, 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 is a, this is a Nelson Mandela, who is my idol, especially where I came from. He uh, once said sport has the power to change the world. 
I went, I was very, very fortunate to meet him, in fact, twice um, through the Special Olympics, uh, one golf program that I started for um, the mentally, um, how they call it, learning disabilities, uh, Special Olympics. And uh, we met, and when he mentioned that, I said, sir, I'm going to actually go one better. Golf um, is a little bit better because it makes you have to move because the ball is just lying there and you're going to want to hit it. And I think that was something um, when we spoke about it, I couldn't play football or rugby or soccer, you know, you, whatever what you, you name you want to use, but I can play golf. And I was able to um, get to the level where the disability had not one thing. The only reason um, for me to be out there was I had to have a full battery and some air in the tires compared to my buddy because, mm-hmm. I mean, he could walk. Um, if the golf cart right. didn't work, <laughs> I would be then left <laughs> stranded. And he'd, he'd try and take the money then and say, well, you didn't finish. So it's a DQ. Right. But um, I, even Sebi, God bless him, Sebi Balacera said, well, you know, uh, one good thing is if you really get too far ahead, I'll just let the air out your tires. If you don't get back to being about a, spare, a sportsmanship. But, you know, I could take out um, uh, my fellow colleagues um, off the same tee box. It took me many years to do that, though. Um, but it, it was probably, for me, the biggest um, self-esteem and, and level um, or challenge that I, I just said one day, you know, I just want to beat, a, you know, a professional uh, scratch-level player. Okay. They were playing, um, how do you say, they were teaching professionals so they don't play every day. Mm. So I had, I had a little bit of advantage than take on. But I shot level par off the back tees, and I think that was the first time ever I said, Wow. Okay, I must be honest, I haven't done that again, but I really haven't, that hasn't been my mission and hasn't been my aim um, because I was able to say fair and square, and by the way, no, we didn't bump the ball, and no, we didn't get a second chance because I was, you know, in a wheelchair or, oh, I had a spasm and I, you know, hit a bad shot. I was, come hit it again, you have a mulligan. We played the rules of golf. Although that is not what I promote nowadays. And I actually emphasize, don't try playing the rules of golf out of a wheelchair, especially the first couple of years, because you will not like it. They are, right. They're made for, you know, to make the game more difficult <laughs> um, as sure. it is. Um, but you've got to be able to be very flexible and you have to get it you know, with your one leg up and one leg down. We've got gravity. That's obviously going to be a limit. We are limited to certain levels and gradients. And, yes, um, I, can, I can't swim and I can't fly. So, you know, if we're on a side hill bunker or a putt bunker, we can't we can get in but we can't get out. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that I said, the restrictions are gonna be there. But one thing about the game of golf that gave me this ability to the ball is standing there and we've got to hit it. Um, as you said, you can bring a horse to the water but you can't force them to drink. Well likewise with the game of golf and a guy in a wheelchair. But the problem is right now we don't even have the water in 80% because there are about 10% of, of the community um, are able, or this this way, have some sort of a disability. Now, that in numbers, yeah. if you look at your numbers, I'm not going to do the maths here, there's millions of people out there that are potential yes. golfers. They just haven't been given the opportunity or the local pro or the local you know, golf course needs to do a little bit. Now, PGA Hope have done a great job, you know, starting with disabled or physically challenged or people with hidden um, disabilities like our PTS guys who have a great mm-hmm. uh, success in teaching and getting the brothers out there and hitting some balls and taking them on the course. Um, this green, you know, uh, beautiful environment. I mean, even if you have a, you know, CEO of a multi-billion dollar company and we're not going to go anywhere, you know, even they find their peace on a golf course. Um, right. 
but um, it doesn't have that mental, um, but also that healing effect that no medicine in the world can offer that. And yes, if you want to be frustrated and you are frustrated, you take the frustration out on a board on a driving range. Don't expect it to fly as good, um, but you'll be sometimes very surprised. <laughs> Depending, it might be your well, longest drive. Well, <laughs> Let me say this, Anthony. There's plenty of, of golfers that, that don't have some of the same physical challenges that you or, or others that you're talking about have that can't hit it down the fairway straight and that. So they have their own challenges. Let me just add, that, let me just add this um, uh, about golf, and, and you're exactly right. And I think one of the reasons why so many people uh, that enjoy golf gravitate to it is because it mimics life in so many ways and, and like no other sport. And I'll give you an example. Um, you know, you're met with various challenges out in a golf course, whether, as you pointed out, hitting in a bunker or, or, uh, or into the rough or whatever the case may be, or on a, a downhill or side hill lie. And you have to come up with a, a solution to that particular problem in order to be successful on your next shot. And much the same in life, you get different challenges and struggles. And I think what really, what you're about here and what you're talking about here tonight on the show is you've discovered a way with your own life to overcome some of the challenges that you've been faced with. And you've used golf as a vessel or tool to help educate those out there and saying, Hey, just because you're a B or C doesn't mean you can't still go out and live like everybody else. Yes, you might have to make modifications. Yes, you might have to make some changes depending on the challenges that you may be faced with, but that's part of life. And by giving some of these individuals that you've talked about here tonight um, that ability to challenge themselves and also at the same time have some fun with their life, I think takes away a lot of the pressures that they're feeling day in, day out. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, and you know, I'll go one step further, and that is, you're giving people um, almost like a, a, a an escape um, for a few hours. Even if it's just an hour on a dry range, if they have more time, it's going to just do them, you know, better. Because one thing we do have, unfortunately, is too much time to sit around, literally and figuratively, and think. Sure. And that's where the problems start. So golf. You know, you go and hit that ball and you forget about the pains and the aches and you see that ball, you know, maybe one in out of, every, you know, bucket of balls flies. That's the one you want to then go and get a second bucket and try and, you know, right. do a game. And I think that's where, you know, not only because you're standing up and down, up and down, up and down, that movement, you don't move it, you lose it. You know, the old thing. Um, and there's so many of these um, pieces of that you can take out of the game I found it because I found myself I had another mission um, to overcome my issues, but it also it kept me within. I'd love to play a lot more, but um, obviously um, I'm, I'm more of a um, – I'll stay on a driving range and I'll go and do some skeet and trap shooting. It actually helps my shooting, by the way. It keeps the rhythm. <laughs> but it also right. – I developed core strength and I rejuvenated nerves that shouldn't have done um, being rejuvenated because uh, through the – you know, the medical side is the axons and the uh, simulation of the nerves. Um, I've, and it wasn't ever severed. It was just compressed. Um, I had, an, a, you know, maybe a prayer or two, um, but a stem cell, um, um, you know, research worked. Um, I've been given a, a blessing and I can move things that I shouldn't move um, today. Right. And I'm not guaranteeing that that's going to uh, help it, but we do know if you sit around, you're going to have other problems. And you will definitely 
um, you know, when that ball flies left and right, it's like, you know, or uh, when you're playing match play, you have a good day, bad day, good hole, bad hole. And that's how I take literally my game um, to the to the way I, I try and live my life. And today's going to be a good day. Um, I think positive. Um, I'm more thinking positive, I must be honest. And everyone says, I don't know how you do it. It's because I know if you don't think positive, you're not going to make it back home. And that's obviously the military training. Um, and you've got sure. a lot of really quality guys out there and gals out there that have had, you know, some serious knock. And yes, you know, mankind wasn't made um, to go to war. Um, and, 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 and back in the atrocities. And some people, obviously, um, there's all this about issue that we have had. And um, I think the game of golf has proven to be number one, um, definitely one of the top rehabilitation um, tools. Um, and that's why the VA um, are so active and they're actually financing certain programs. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they're not financing or helping buy us these special wheelchairs. Um, that's, you know, dealing with the VA, that can just take a few years. But if there's anybody out there, um, put pressure on your local. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. um, and let them say, we, are, we need these chairs out there. And the Sandman play was formed because I couldn't do it all myself and my, my, my friends that are around us. We are 100% um, you know, volunteers. Every dollar goes towards getting the chairs. And thanks to the Stars for Heroes, Hardy's Carl's Jr., you know, we've managed to buy last year over 50 chairs. And with the Independence Fund, you probably know the Bill O'Reilly um, program that right. he helps a lot. Yes, I do. Um, this guy's been unbelievable and, and, and does put a lot of money towards each share and the rest we find. And, you know, as I said, the Stars for Heroes guys, they have an amazing, I mean, without them, we would not have started. I mean, you know, you might know of a Carl's Jr. burger and a Carl's and a Hardy's burger, but they, right. these guys have actually turned a lot of lives um, thanks to these guys. And, you know, they do a, a big event once a year um, where you go and donate a dollar and you get, I think, $9.50 worth of coupons. So you actually not losing anything, um, you're actually gaining and that dollar goes straight to our cause. Um, and that's something, you know, look on our website. <laughs> it's coming in May, I think. Um, so please go to your local helper. Because, by the way, we use our chairs to give back to the, um, the civilians because we're giving back in that sense because we share our chairs. So one foot right. tall. Um, and that's a great thing. A kid of three foot two, to a grown kid of six foot four can use the same chair within you know, literally a, you know, a minute. You, you'll adjust it to fit them perfectly, um, which there's no other um, you know, unit out there in the world that can do that. And I just think it's a number game. And if we can get you know, the numbers up, we, the, just natural, the price is going to go down. And that's the thing with um, medical equipment. Um, there's certain lawyers and, and laws that have to be passed, and they, they put the price up and you know, insurance costs. <laughs> But we can get this chair half the price if we can get every golf course in America to, you know, chip in and, and get one. It, it's going to be cheaper than a normal golf cart, you know. Um, yeah. That's just the just a fact. Well, one of the things, to, and, and well said, you know, one of the things that, that we, you know, we, we talked about earlier is – that um, and again, I, I don't have. I know Gianna did send me um, some stats, and I don't happen to have them in front of me. But uh, there are mm-hmm. um, literally millions of, of people out Absolutely. there in even just here in the United States, forgetting around the world, but here in the United States, literally millions of people. And I think people would be shocked at just how many uh, individuals that are dealing with different challenges. Uh, again, sure. of various uh, levels. And I know that well, you know we're focused veterans, here. Just to start there, we saw with a thousand veterans. You know, and we've got 1,500 um, 
paralyzed people every month. Um, uh, I think there you can have a percentage um, go from there, um, which is a potential golfer. Uh, from a business standpoint, um, you know, everyone's going to need a couple of sticks if it's a half set. Um, they don't necessarily need all the golf shoes because <laughs> some of them are missing right. legs. Um, but, um, you know, it's part of the industry and it's growing. You know, golf is, is we've got to find a way to grow the game. And I know that we've done it over the years. We've got about a thousand new golfers because every golfer comes with at least one, if not two friends, family members, friends. or sure. girlfriends um, to the game. And we were able to, you know, have a great um, story of a young man, 65 years of age, uh, was a police chief down in uh, Fort Myers, lives down in Fort Myers now, and uh, retired, and he had severe MS, um, which basically bought this, you know, his retirement house, everything on this beautiful Legends golf course down in Fort Myers, and uh, mm-hmm. ended up having to sit and watch his buddies go by um, his front door on the one fairway. And um, thanks to the PGA show, uh, one of the guys invited him to come along, and we was 10 years ago, bumped into each other by chance. And, well, now he's one of the most uh, um, popular golfers out there. Um, he also, um, thanks to the Legends Golf Course, they've actually done several golf tournaments on Veterans Day. And we bought um, at least four or five chairs from those events. And um, that's just typical. And he said, you know, um, that he's realized <clears throat> that they were feeling bad and guilty just to go and play golf because they didn't know, hoped he wouldn't see them go past. And now he's, he yeah. even wins the tournament. He even wins the, the, the men's day. And they don't give him any. Um, okay, he plays a teed up four because he's over 70 now. Um, right. And, uh, but he plays the game as, as the, the rules. He, you know, he, he's actually good enough to even play the ball as it lies without having to bump it. And uh, he goes and he's actually won um, a men's day event and, 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 mm. and helped um, many of others um, in, in a similar situation with the stroke survivors. Because that's also, we haven't even touched them. They were golfers no. prior, some of them. But we've also working with the, um, the Heart Stroke Association. And they're using golf as a rehab tool. Um, we're in several hospitals around the country where we've donated wheelchairs where they actually use golf as one of their major um, medical uh, re- rehab. Um, like a, you go to a rec therapist. Well, she'll go and spend an hour doing golf with you. You know, and she gets paid for doing it. <laughs> wow. Um, and, and, you know, that, but you're right. There, there, there's so many different areas that, um, I mean, you could, the, the list goes on of potential. And I think what it is, um, and this is just my opinion. I, I don't know if this is accurate or not. I think part of the reason um, that there hasn't been as much, um, you know, out, outpour from within the golf community, uh, because as you mentioned earlier, and, and as I know from being in the industry, that uh, golf does give back so much. But I think it's it's a lack of education and understanding just how big of a an issue this really is, and how many people are affected again at various levels, um, you know, a, across the nation. And I think it's really awareness and, and organizations like you you talked about earlier, and of course Bill O'Reilly talks about helping. Uh, the veterans as well with the chairs and so forth um, and your organization as well. And I think it's just getting that word out there. I think, you know, it's, it's a slow go, unfortunately um, when something like this is coming to light. But I think if the golf industry just realized, you know, as you pointed out, wanting to grow the game, there are literally millions and millions of opportunities to grow the game um, in a whole different area that they never did before. 
So, you know, this is, uh, again, a reason why I wanted to have you on the show is, you know, obviously I knew that there are people out there, veterans and others, that, that have uh, uh, different limitations, but not to the degree that I've, I've uncovered here over the last, uh, you know, few months, um, you know, researching yourself and, and obviously uh, Gianna as well. Um, there are literally millions of people out there that fall within this uh, category. And I think, as you said earlier, the, the golf industry has a, a perfect opportunity to really uh, reach out to that community. I think they haven't. Um, there's also a lot of um, asset fear or um, just because, yeah, you're right, um, uneducated. They all think, first of all, what, you're allowed to go on the greens? Well, who mowed the greens today, brother? Um, he didn't do with the hands, believe you me. And, he, <laughs> um, and by the way, for those people that are worried about it, if it is rainy and it is too wet, we do not play golf because no one, um, it's, it's difficult enough on a, on a dry day. Secondly, um, when you're sitting in a chair and driving in a chair with no, you don't want to play. Um, and we won't, we do not go on the greens. I've actually had guys that play tournaments and they said, listen, the greens are too wet today. I'm going to stay off the greens. And my buddy's going to putt for me. You know, you know, they're playing scrambles anyway, mostly. Sure. Um, 99.9% of our guys will play a scramble game of golf. Um, they're not going to slow anybody down. And they'll actually, I played with Gary Player in the first L band. I was very fortunate, you know, in Monaco. Um, and we, can you just drive over my putt line, please, Anthony? Because I flattened all the spike marks. So you want me in your, your four <laughs> ball, by the way. <laughs> I think it's the first game of golf you ever play without a spike mark uh, on, on the line. But those are things that you can actually uh, benefit by having a guy in a wheelchair. And by the way, um, yeah, I'm, I've been very gifted and I've, I've been given um, my mobility. Well, I didn't do it sitting around, I'll be honest with you. I did try and hit a golf ball, and to do that I had to move and I had to do my, yes, my exercises. Um, and that, that the exercise stick that your, your, my colleague prior to me being on the show was speaking about um, is a great tool, not only for wheelchair, but it actually is. And I think I sent you some pictures. Um, I think uh, later on you can probably put on your website. Or they can go to our website, standupandplay.org, and, and see that the game, to hit a golf ball, we need to be flexible um, or more flexible than we are. And the more flexible we are, the further we hit it and the more uh, regularly we hit it good. So you guys out there, they've got no reason not to do a stretch. Go and stretch and you'll find your rhythm. You'll find your consistency uh, will be a lot more um, con- um, better <laughs> just by being um, fit and flexible. Um, because it's not only the ask- brain that needs to be fit, the, the body has to be fit as well. And I hit the ball right. now, thank goodness, well over 300 yards if I had to. Um, thanks to my, um, I think walking on my arms 25 years now. <laughs> you join the, you join the Royal Marines, you get <laughs> big, big, big arms, <laughs> wide shoulders, uh, especially being wheelchair let me, for 25. Let me ask, yeah, let me ask you, Anthony, from the teaching uh, side of things. I, I saw from some of the photos that uh, obviously you're you're trying to help a, a lot of uh, individuals uh, again who uh, are, are met with some of the challenges that you have. Um, from a teaching professional standpoint, obviously this is not something that's traditionally in our, our wheelhouse. Uh, is there uh, an opportunity here as well from the teaching side of things um, to maybe get in front of organizations like the LPGA um, and the PGA of America and saying, you know, here's a real opportunity to not only grow the game, but to maybe educate on how to handle 
situations where you're dealing with somebody that maybe has some challenges that's out of their traditional wheelhouse of teaching. Uh, is, there not, is there a teaching opportunity, in other words, for the teachers to be able to learn um, maybe a, a different way of instructing or to help them in their instruction so that they can work with students that maybe do have some, some physical limitations? I'm glad you also mentioned because recently, even Gianna, we did, uh, we helped her with a, she put a, a group of teaching um, guys together. And we went down to Myrtle Beach um, and we mm-hmm. brought some machines down and we gave the opportunity. I think Dave Windsor, who de- does teach disabled golf uh, or challenge golf uh, to, um, for the PGA, and um, we showed them how they can you know, teach better golf um, and how to use the machine properly because that's one of the things we do do. And we offer courses. That's what Salem Play does. And no, it's not like teaching a normal um, golfer. Sure. And there are there are very important things that need because if you double amputee, you know, um, bilateral sure. below the knee, uh, above the knee, um, and then there's also paraplegic, quadriplegic, hemiplegic, which is the one side. It's like a stroke survivor. Um, right. They all need individual lessons. It doesn't take long though. People don't have to be scared. And the great thing about and I've done this for, as I said, for longer than 25 years now. And I've been very, um, how do you say, humbled as well. But also, mm-hmm. um, I've had top, top professionals come to me and say, Anthony, you know, I've been teaching golf for 30, 40 years, and I now know why I, I, I'm a teacher. Um, and thank you for giving them that opportunity to teach somebody with a disability. Um, it just opens up a whole new way of thinking, and, and it makes it interesting. And, and, and you know, there's some monotonous, you know, group you know, posture set up. Now it's obviously a lot to do with fitness and, and, and all the, you know, the high tech you can use. Um, but it's also the, the mental and the, 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 how you say, the personal, you know, um, the love for the game, how it can also mm-hmm. totally change that, that whole family that are having issues um, with the disability. And now from, all of a sudden little Mary or Johnny can go and, you know, be himself, and he's not the, the, the disabled kid in the family. It's, it's his, his, his older brother who can't hit the ball for squat, you know, and uh, he's showing right. him how to hit a golf ball. And all of a sudden, right. <laughs> okay, right. he, he might have to go and get it out of a, out of a you know, out of a, a, a water <laughs> hazard um, or a pot bunker. Um, that's where he can use him again, but he's not going to be, oh, now everything revolves around little Johnny or Mary in the wheelchair because that's where these other right. kids have issues. So they can go out there and be themselves and their disability and be a, um, as far as the teacher is concerned, he's bringing that all back together and showing them how they can, you know, get back to normal life in, in, within, you know, reason. And the game just sure. that opportunity. But teaching, you know, special grip, um, if you've got, you know, all your fingers. I mean, I've got several um, colleagues who've lost a hand um, or parts of their hand. And it's, at the end of the day, the great thing about the game is it's all about, you know, geometry, uh, physics, um, yes, yep. as well. <laughs> and then obviously you've got to have someone you can you know, communicate and, 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 and with feeling. And no, it's not just, and I, I was very fortunate, you know, David Ledbetter and, and all the girlfriend greats and Hank Haney, I've all had time to have a chat um, and opportunity as well. And it's, it's really, you know, there are more ways to hit a golf ball than one. I mean, just watch, you know, so many of these guys, you know, execute a golf swing with one arm, in a wheelchair, uh, no legs in a yep. wheelchair. Um, I hit the ball. I said, well, over, I've got a clubhead speed of over, uh, what's it now, 119 miles an hour uh, when I'm really wow. hitting it. I mean, Dean Jarvis is the long drive, um, um, you know, para long drive. And um, yep. 
you know, there we were, were able to um, demonstrate hitting the ball, you know, 305 yards with a standard driver. Um, and that mm. is, you know, um, something I think goes to show just how great, um, you know, or the technique that could be used. Sometimes it's, it's no, it's not the golf club. And, yeah, sorry, yes, it is the golf club. And, uh, yes, it is the wrong golf cart. <laughs> so you can't right. blame your tools. You, the Indians are allowed to blame the, the arrow. Um, well, yes, go to your uh, go to your local um, club fitter. You know, I was just at TaylorMade the other day with a, a marine that um, has been in a wheelchair now almost what 25 years, 30 years, and he's taken up the game of golf and he's got his chair and he was he wasn't having any fun and they took him in you know the kingdom there and caused that and I was invited to you know bring a chair and so he could really you know get a proper fitting and you know it was amazing how this kid well as a kid it's a fellow marine. Um, could actually he grew six inches taller after hitting that drive that they made made for him, you know, with the right shaft and the right loft. Um, within minutes, he was hitting the ball 50 yards further. You know, so wow. and that's the great thing about the game: using the right equipment, the right teaching, and yes, the teaching mm-hmm. needs to be taught. And that's the great thing: you're not you're not sort of bored. You know, I'm just teaching the same thing that we call them the bar flies in Germany, but 25 years ago. We call them the barflies. All these old English pros came over there and they were paying 100 Deutschmarks an hour for 40 minutes teaching because every German had to learn how to hit a golf ball before he even was allowed to even go on a golf course because they had to get like you call a green card. And then these guys were right. making you know, 1,000 Deutschmarks a day and <laughs> then sucking on a bar ball. <laughs> and then that's how it Serious. <laughs> and these guys were earning thirty thousand, probably about you know twenty five thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars a month, just teaching Germans how to hit a golf ball, um, but not teaching them. You know what I'm saying? Showing them right. hit a ball, right? Put your hand, and, and this is the great thing about the game of golf. Now we are teaching them how to play the game with their extreme disability and changing lives. Yeah, and and that's and 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 that's fantastic, and that's what I'm saying is 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 so important. There's there's really such a great opportunity here um, for the industry to to really reach out and re- and not just to recognize that um, the, the potential, but just to also um, create an, a, an opening or an avenue for so many people out there that would love to come to the game. I mean, there's already enough roadblocks as there is. With um, and and some of them have certainly doors have been open over the years, but you know for for years women were restricted to the tea times, uh, certain times of the day. Um, some clubs would not allow women uh, and so forth. But now no, you've we'll got an opportunity. Talk. Right, exactly. So now you've got an opportunity where you've got a whole different demographic out there uh, of of individuals. Again, whether they were injured uh, personally. Um, you know, an auto accident or what have you, or uh, military uh, uh, dealings, or or somebody that uh, was even born with with some sort of a deficiency, um, they don't have to look at it that way any longer. And you've you've Absolutely. very successfully have have taken golf that next level and said, hey, um, we can play golf with a few, as I said earlier, a few modifications. Um, we can open a door for people that maybe didn't have that opportunity before. And it, it, again, it's unfortunately a slow process sometimes with anything, any sort of change. But uh, I think if you keep doing what you're doing, Anthony and, and others within that community and the rest of us as well engage, I think that it'll move much uh, more rapidly. Uh, I want to, I mean, very, gears just here. Sorry. 
Sorry, go ahead. Okay. I just go ahead. mentioned something very recently at the last Honda. I mean, Tommy Morrissey. I mean, this little kid, uh, I've had the fortunate honor to meet him and his family, amazing family, what they're doing for him and what he's doing for the game and, and helping other kids and motivate other families that have issues with their, you know, their kids missing limbs. And um, he's now taken on the challenge to also help get kids in wheelchairs um, by doing his promotion there at the Honda Classic. He took on every golf pro on the 18th hole, I think, at the Honda and, 100 yards short of the green, he took them on and, and made the awareness. And this kid is, I mean, absolutely the perfect example how things can be done and how exposed to, if you just give the chance, the, the ability, not the disability. And I think that so many people out there don't realize, and golf courses don't realize the, their, their ability to get involved. And I'm afraid their disability golf carts, that's the reason they've been sitting in the, you know, for the last 10 years because they weren't the proper carts. And, right. have, you know, I've, had, I've come up with that so many times. Oh, well, we've had this for 10 years. No one's used it. It just costs us money. And, you know, we're saying, well, it doesn't have to cost you money. We can help you raise the money through the foundations um, and through the local, um, how do you say, uh, public. They would like to help, but you've got to obviously offer them and give them the opportunity. Open up that door. The golf pros, I mean, I've got, um, even in our team, um, a PGA pro um, who has serious um, MS, and that is um, Jake, um, Greg Jacobson, known as Jake, up in Connecticut, um, mm. who is in a chair himself and giving golf lessons now, um, thanks to you know the Stand Up and Play uh, Foundation. And he, even he's got his golf course, local golf course, to get one, and they actually you know helped um, finance or, or, or pay for one. But this is it's just the beginning. And you see, right, give the people the opportunity, open up the door. The PGA have been very, um, I think, careful and scared initially. Uh, they have softened up, and we're open to anything that they would like to suggest. We're there for them. Um, I'm, we've got a team from the East Coast, the West Coast. We've got several hundred golf um, wheelchairs out there right now that are in private mm-hmm. um, hands, but they're prepared to share. Um, I think it's almost like 180 right now. Um, but it's taken me 10 years, you know, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. Um, and, and, and it could easily be done. Our mission this year is, hundred. And uh, you know, we did fifty eight last year thanks to Hardy's and the and, and Independence Fund and Carl Junior. But um mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if the PGA get on board, the USGA, the L P G A, um, with the help of spreading, you know, through your listeners, um, the stand up or United We Stand challenge twenty seventeen to for your local hero, your local kid down the road that's in a wheelchair, the local golf school we there for you. I've got so many golf pros that are um, doing such good work out there, and we've managed to get them chairs. Um, just at Gianna, I think uh, she's got a golf course where she lives in South Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the, Dar- Darren DeMail um, has got another golf a golf chair there, so he's got a chair to give people lessons. It's, it can be done. You probably know I'm, I'm, uh, my good old friend, um, um, Rich O'Brien. Um, right. Uh, absolutely an amazing. He's the perfect example how easy it can be done. They've got now four, um, four chairs in the area, thanks to um, you know the open. Uh, um, how do we call it? Work from our uh, groups. Um, uh, Return to golf. They've got two golf. Fairways for Warriors got several golf courses. Where does the woods? In in uh, you go to the website, you can see all these guys that just said, "Hey, I'd like to get involved, but we can't afford a thirty thousand dollar wheelchair, or you know, you know what they were going for in those days." Um, we've got them down now um, in the twenties, but still, 
it's still too much. I'm looking to hope right. to cut that by half. Um, and I know I can if we can get the right numbers ordered. But you've got so many Jim Estes from Salute Military Golf Association. You know, um, he started with me many years ago, but it did take a little bit of time to get the wheelchairs. And now they've got, I don't know how many partners around the country. Um, Fairways for Warriors, as I said, Tom Underdown, they are such a great um, group of guys that are their hearts are open. Anybody who needs to, to try it out in Orlando, just go, you know, call us and we'll open up that door. And we've got um, the VA um, in Orlando that um, we have a, a gentleman there that works for us um, as a volunteer. That's Roger Sack. He goes around with a big trailer. Uh, um, thanks to Hardy's. That's why I've got Hardy's all over it. Right. Um, and has all these chairs <laughs> filled up with them. And he'll take you, he'll, he'll meet you somewhere and, and show you how to play. You know, it's, it's just basically giving another veteran a reason to carry on wanting to live. And golf pros right. revamping their style and revamping their, their mission of why they're teaching, you know. Uh, and, and basically, you teach a good, you learn a good, good technique to teach your guy in a wheelchair. You'll teach your senior golfer how to hit his ball 20 to 30 yards further, by the way. And it's a lot more better yeah, than, than some of these pros are teaching. Right. And, and, and you're exactly right. That, you know, I, I, as a teaching professional, uh, you, you always have to be willing to learn yourself. And, you know, there's a lot of great technology out there. And, and you know, uh, many of us out there have uh, are familiar with some of the technology that's made available. But that's not the only thing. There's other um, uh, skills and learning that, that we can utilize as well. And, and you've talked about uh, one here tonight that, uh, that by reaching out to um, a community that, you know, obviously has been uh, for a long time has been passed by, but now is, is starting to, to come around and, and be made available. Let me very ask, we've only got a few minutes left before I have to unfortunately let you go. I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation sure. and listening to some of the things. Um, very quickly, tell us what is the Kids Swing International? All right, so basically it started um, with the kids. Um, that was because the kid that you know, got me going and I ended up getting in wheelchairs. And then because we, we wanted to open it up for everybody because it was so powerful and the tool and trying to get you know some marine that's been blown up and missing all his body and say, hey, come to a kid's swing program. We said, well, you know, you might be the same height as that kid or that kid saw that you would better change the name. That's where Stan up and play was born. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, it started in Europe, um, and we just basically, because the first swing was the, um, you know, here in American, uh, for people with uh, amputees, they started that, the first okay. swing clinic. So we did mm-hmm. kids swing, in, 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 it started actually initially in Germany, and then we moved it on to stand up and play, just because it opens up um, for the children as right. well. But, um, right. And it, because we found that we just put it all under one, um, 501c3, which is Stand Up and Play, which is now um, mm-hmm. a national um, program. Um, and mm-hmm. we've got rec therapists, uh, for instance, working with children, um, for instance, in uh, Rhode Island, if I remember correctly, um, Battenhall Golf Course. There's a whole bunch of rec therapists that take children out once a, a week um, and use that as a, a powerful tool. They spend half a day on a golf course. And they say they, they reach 10 times more effective results than they can in, indoors. So it does, you know, it's such a great uh, pro promotion for the game of golf, um, for what we're doing in, in the medical field. And as uh, I said, we're, I think a game of golf has changed um, from, a med- you know, you can actually go in Germany to a doctor and get a, um, a prescription and go to your golf pro and he gets paid for giving him a golf lesson. I'm serious. That's wow. not a joke. And um, that's how far it is. And, 
the good thing here, even in America, um, they're, they're doing it in the rehab hospitals. They're using starts with putt-putt, and then they work their way backwards. And some of the top uh, hospitals, they even got simulators, you know, um, using that mm. um, swing off. And now, you know, you've got all the technology that is there um, with adapted, you know, with the scopes and um, right. like all that. By the way, you'll see there's going to be a big um, article as well in the new, uh, which actually is a Florida magazine, um, Ameri Disability Service Magazines. Um, they're going to right. have a nice big feature soon. And as as we go, you know, more and more uh, local veterans who have received the chairs, they're in their local TV station, have also, you know, somebody said, hey, you got to meet this guy, and they've done a nice little piece on them. So that way it has the Bush Telegraph, I used to call it, um, is a way of spreading it. Um, and that way people can just contact standupandplay.org and we will help them and find their local charity that's working together. The Tommy Morrissey Foundation, they're doing this now in Florida. Um, Tom Underdown is doing very, very good work for Stand Up, um, with Stand Up and Play for the veterans. Um, the VA down there um, is being by Roger Sack. So there's so much in Florida um, it just now needs you know, the Floridians, and obviously thanks to um, the um, Legends Golf Course, we've got you know five or six chairs now through the years, and every um, Veterans Day we do another tournament to buy another chair. Um, it can be done, um, and just if everybody wants to get involved in the dollar, the, you know the good old dollar, throw a dollar in the right direction. You know your dollar won't go to anybody's salary; it goes straight to getting a chair in the local area. Or corporates out there, if they want to put their logo on it, you know, um, it's a perfect and a very safe way. You know, your money is going to a really good cause. And um, it's going to just make the game open and accessible. Um, I believe we're talking right now with the, um, the Morrissey Foundation to do a couple more of those PGA events um, where mm-hmm. we'll have some veterans showing what they can do. And Tommy's going to swing for vets, you know. Um, oh, Tommy, wow. <laughs> that type of thing. Because... You know, everybody wants to do something good, and once you do it, um, you can really um, feel it, see it, and taste it almost. Um, and, and, and any pro that wants to get involved, I can guarantee you, you'll come and thank me for offering you the opportunity. <laughs> you won't be the first, um, because it just does change your way of thinking and way of teaching. I, I agree wholeheartedly, and what a great way to, to end this segment. Um, Anthony, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining me tonight on, on Golf Talk Live. Unfortunately, um, we're out of time, but um, thank you for sharing that. And just uh, for the folks tuning into the, to the, the program now live or, or those that will tune in a little bit later on and hear the recorded version, uh, if you go to www.standupandplay.org, uh, you can learn all kinds of things about uh, um, that great organization that Anthony's been talking with me here for the last hour. And uh, that's probably the best place. Uh, would you agree, Anthony, to, to send them, is to let them go to the website and see? Absolutely. Um, You'll also see you know, things like the motorless golf ball dispenser, something nobody ever thought about. But what about our senior golfers having to bend down? Half the time they don't do practice because it's too tiring and, too, and sometimes you know, um, sore. Um, there's so much in the industry that are bringing, coming to the table um, to open up a door to make it even more accessible and more easier. These are all people that get together, and we're going to be putting them on our big screen and together with Gianna and, and other groups that want to get involved, mm-hmm. um, disability golf, they're all out there but we've got to come together. And I think it's, it's time now because, you know, it's ready. Um, the timing is everything yep. involved. And I think 2017 mm-hmm. United We Stand is, is not going to just be our motto. And I'm really looking forward to anybody wanting to get involved. There's some really interesting um, programs as well as a bit, um, possibilities. 
And thank you so much Perfect. Uh, for, for inviting me to the show. And without you guys, we can't help. That's all. Well, not not a problem. It was my pleasure, and, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and Anthony, uh, please... Uh, Let's uh, let's stay in touch, and and uh, I'll I'll do what I can to to help in on my end, and um, and and continue your cause and and uh, and your journey in that. And just uh, wow, keep hitting them long and straight like that. I'm impressed. <laughs> that that's incredible. Um, that puts well, anybody... a lot of people to shame. Well, then there's no excuse. No, that's the no, thing. No, is, you know, there's there's no excuse out there. Um, if Anthony can can belt one down the chute like that uh, in in some of the challenges that you've uh, had. To face with uh then the rest of us have no excuse but but anthony thank you oh, very much way, uh, sorry go ahead so you know i shoot straight with a i shoot straight with a 50 cal as well by the way and look further <laughs> <laughs> fantastic but, uh, anthony my friend thank you very much for coming on the show tonight i appreciate it uh and uh much continued success and please uh keep me posted on on, on uh, what's happening and like i said uh feel free to reach out to me anytime if, if i can help in any way Lovely, and just tell anybody if they want to help their local uh, golfer or school to get a, a proper equipment, um, we we are there to help. Perfect. Go to www.standupandplay.org, and uh, you can reach out to Anthony and, and, and take him up on that offer. And uh, I, I would Love strongly encourage uh, my, my fellow golf professionals to, to certainly do that. Uh, help in any way that you can. Mm-hmm. Anthony, God bless, my friend. Have a great uh, weekend, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. All right. That was my very special guest uh, this evening, uh, Anthony Nero, the founder uh, of the Stand Up and Play uh, Foundation. And uh, what a great organization. And again, let me just quickly read out that website. It's www.standupandplay.org. Um, just a, a very inspirational story, and I was glad that uh, he was able to come on. And You heard us mention a few times in the conversation about uh, Gianna. Uh, she's going to be joining me next week on the Women of Golf Show with Cindy Miller and I, and uh, she's got her own story to share, and we'll, we'll um, have that uh, next week on Tuesday uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, and then she'll be coming back with... Uh, a number of other guests uh, a little bit later in, I believe, uh, either late March or early April, uh, she'll be coming back on the show uh, here on Golf Talk Live uh, with a, a, a group of guests that she's going to be bringing here, and we'll continue this conversation um, and talk about some of the different other areas uh, that many of the adaptive golfers out there uh, are struggling with and, and how you uh, the folks listening to the show can can reach out and help. So again, on behalf of uh, Anthony and uh, the Coaches Corner panel, thanks guys again for doing a great job. John Hughes, Peter uh, Egazarian, Tom Patry, and of course, uh, special guest panelist, Brett Cohen. Thanks guys for doing a, a, an awesome job. And thank you to all of the listeners uh, tuning in worldwide. Um, thank you for faithfully tuning into Golf Talk Live each and every week. And it's really um, gives me a great amount of pleasure and enjoyment of having a number of highly talented coaches, teach professionals, authors, and entrepreneurs, and great uh, folks like Anthony Neto uh, that stopped by the show. It's really through their participation and guest appearances that have helped make Golf Talk Live a first-class show. Thanks, everybody. Have a great uh, week. God bless. And I will see you next week right here on Golf Talk It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.